During the last few years, we've ventured into a lot of different fields. And we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. Welcome back to another takeover episode of Started with a Mouse podcast. I'm Derek. I'm Abby. I'm Joe. And we will be your guests while John and Kathy Hill are still out on their Disney moon and still making all of us rather jealous. For like two weeks now. When do they come back? I think they return tomorrow. Yeah, I think on Monday because we're having that Disney Plus party. Yeah, we're having a Disney Plus like party gathering whatever nothing too hardcore though we've thought that before on tuesday to celebrate the launch that evening if indeed it launches i have a feeling that they're going to probably see some technical difficulties as you would experience with a lot of launching of like a streaming service or something i would imagine so i'm sure because how many people are excited for this you got the whole world waiting for this it seems like yes yeah i agree with that so i kind of expect login problems and possible just outages or maybe lagging. I I mean, I'm sure that they've tried to mitigate a lot of it beforehand on the server side, but it's really hard to tell. I'm not knowledgeable about that. So I'm just hoping it's smoother. I hope that they, um, they get it all ironed out by the time I get home from work. I don't know what time it's supposed to go live. I never really did stumble across that, but then again, I know that I didn't look that hard either for a specific time just because I know that I have to work. I don't know if they've announced specific times. I'm still waiting to buy it for the bundle. Is Does that go live on Tuesday, the bundle? I can't believe yes. they haven't let people pre-order the bundle already. Yeah, that's surprising. I was hoping so, but they said it's going to go live day one. That seems so odd. Very. So, I'm just waiting patiently. <laughs> As we all are. And I don't know how the login's going to work, I guess. Uh, I guess I created an account when I bought it. I don't remember the info. I'll have to figure that one out. <laughs> well, I know so, they struck a deal with like Amazon, Samsung, and LG for probably an app to go on either the TVs or something like that. Yeah, so I'm pumped about that because uh, prior to that, I'm like, what are we going to even watch it on? I guess Xbox or... Roku maybe Fire Stick was preferable, but it they didn't have any Amazon deal yet, and I was like, man, this kind of stinks. I just bought a new Fire Stick and I can't even use it. Yeah, I was worried because I bought Roku just for this, and so. I I bought a, a Roku stick off eBay, like a used one, because I was like, I don't feel like I'm not going to use it much, and it was just for the bedroom TV, which doesn't get used much. And then when it arrived, it didn't have a remote, so I had to buy a universal remote for it, too. We're paying the butt. All the work we do just for Disney+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. So, for all our listeners out there, um, we are calling this the One Star Celebration episode. <laughs> Woohoo! John, Kathy, 
we apologize for the loss of your five-star rating. And uh, we'd just like everybody to take a moment of silence here to remember that lost five-star rating. this occasion here um we will indeed read this aptly titled brutal uh review to you this was a one-star review left on the podcasts.apple.com started with a mouse page titled brutal here we go this podcast is rubbish i came in thinking this would be an informative podcast but left being quite annoyed from the voices to the subpar stories, I want to pull my hair out. And not to mention, the podcast should be condensed in about half. Overall, do not recommend to a friend unless I don't want to be friends anymore. Ooh. That's harsh. Sick burn. Um. Wow. To each their own. Yeah. Akuna Matata. That, exactly. John, Kathy... We hope we're not to blame. <laughs> um, it was probably us. <laughs> it was probably us. Most likely. Uh, they could have at least said the guests stink. <laughs> called us out on it a little bit. But, you know, um, we don't want to discourage people from leaving one-star reviews if that's how you truly fail, I guess, or feel, I guess. But, I, I you know, and... We may make fun of it a little bit. Yeah, we're not trying to be insensitive, but we are. But the fact of the matter is that if this person feels that way, they're not coming back to this unless they really love the pain and suffering they endured listening to it in the first place. You got to deal with a one-star rating with a, on a happier note. Keep it light. Yeah. Well, I think everyone gets one stars. I mean, I've seen Disneyland with one-star reviews, Disney World, some of the rides... A lot of the rides. A lot of the rides. <laughs> and so that's what we're going to do to celebrate this momentous occasion. We are going to start off with some one-star ride reviews of our own. And so the concept here was that, pretty simple, we just chose some of our rides that, most of them are favorite rides or just rides that we ride often while we're there. Um, nothing that we truly have disdain for, I believe. And uh, we... Put ourselves in the shoes of an unhappy Karen or something and wrote our own one-star reviews. So this should be rather exciting. Uh, how many did you end up getting done, Joe? 
I about three done. Okay, cool. Um, do you want us to start, or would you prefer? I will. I will start. All right, that works for us. This is my one-star review for Splash Mountain. Oh man, that's one we have too. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Waited 90 minutes to get up to get on board a floating log. Got stuck in a log jam. Ride restarted, only to get to the top of the hill and get completely soaked. When I got off, I asked to see a manager. <laughs> <laughs> got stuck in a log jam. <laughs> I like the wait 90 minutes to get on a log. I didn't even think to do that to go through the waiting process. I should have wrote more like angry. I've been waiting here for 45 minutes reviews or something. Or three hours for Avatar Flight. <laughs> it was trying to channel my inner Kyle and Karen. Uh, <laughs> Kyle's just punching holes in drywall and smashing monsters off his forehead. Right. <laughs> and saying save the turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Abby, you want to go next, and you can choose whichever you want from this list. All right. I'll pick... I'll pick Tiki Room. I'll leave that one, first one for We you. sort of went in joint on these and talked about them and wrote our ideas down together, so we're just going to choose off of each other's joint list. Okay, so this isn't even a real ride. You just sit there and watch the fakest fake birds sing to you while some five-year-old that doesn't even know the songs attempts to sing along behind you, and you could... And you could, could you get any cheaper of animatronics? I've been having nightmares with the constant checking sounds in the background, clacking sounds in the background. The constant annoying clacking really draws out the homicidal maniac in me. It's like it's constantly pulling at my inner Ted Bundy, or maybe it's Al Bundy. It doesn't matter. They are both serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love it. <laughs> I don't actually feel that way. I love the Tiki Room. <laughs> it, it's always a must-do on my list. Absolutely. You get a Dole Whip, you go inside, you cool down for a little bit, and then you go back out in the heat. Exactly. I'm going to... Uh, oh, God, I'm going to hit my favorite on this one. and It, it kind of hurt, but it's very relatable on one of the aspects. So we're going to hit up uh, Haunted Mansion for this one-star review. Worst ride in Walt Disney Land. I came here for a good scare, and there's nothing scary about it. Just a bunch of goofy ghosts and children's tales. R.L. Stein could have done better. And the ballroom, ballroom scene is so fake. There's there are obviously projections, and clearly not real ghosts. The only thing that haunts this place is the constant light bursts from people who can't turn their camera flash off. And seriously, can I ride this ride one time, just once, without it breaking down? If this is a problem with the loading and unloading of the ride, then maybe Disney should make a second Haunted Mansion for slow-moving people. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they should have a system like with the Skyliner where it just, a doom buddy slides into place when it finally loads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. That way they all keep moving. Right. All right, what else you got for us, Joe? Uh, uh, my next one is Small World. Oh, you <laughs> did it. I didn't know that you'd have the heart to take out your favorite ride. It, well, 
Small world, just another boat ride with some old dolls. The end. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's reminiscent of some of the ones that I have at the bottom of our list. I think me and Abby are going to end up just reading off. I think we have four piece or something, maybe a fifth one, but the, oh, that's great. That is great. The one-liners are nice. Yeah. All right, Abby, you want to choose one of these ones? All right. Guardian's Mission Breakout. This ride disgusts me. Twilight Zone was so much better. You took out a classic and replaced it with another stupid kids filmed inspired ride. Talking raccoons? How old are we again? Guardians of the Galaxy is the worst superhero movie ever. I didn't even bother to watch it. And the ear-piercing music? Please just let make it stop. Hashtag not my tower. Hashtag bring back the Tower of Terror. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. I love adding the hashtags at the end of that. that I feel like that makes it so much better. <laughs> um, I am going to go with... I'm going to do Splash Mountain also. All right. So my one-star Splash Mountain review. I've seen Song of the South, and you should be ashamed for making that racist movie into a ride. Also, if I wanted to get wet, I would go to one of your crappy water parks. People told me that I might get a little wet. A little. More like a lottle. I took it to the face. A tidal wave to the freaking face did your cast members offer to dry my clothes for me no i had to walk around with wet feet all day let me tell you it did wonders for my athlete's foot not never ever will i ride this racist water park ripoff again (laughs) (laughs) the water to the face that was like actually me. Like not that I hated it or anything, but I was not expecting to get a tidal wave to my face. I usually get like the tidal wave over the side of the boat and straight into my shoes. Oh, that's brutal too. I would have preferred my shoes over my face. No, I'll I'll take it to the face <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, this rating's going out the window. <laughs> NC-17, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, what do you got for us? All right, my next one is Autopia. Waited one hour in the sun just to breathe in gas fumes and to drive around and do nothing. No, thank you. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because you know what? I felt that way about the Disney World version. I didn't really enjoy that much. Like, it was... All right, the Disneyland version is eons better than the Disney World version. Yeah, they really, at Disney World, I think they could do so much better. I mean, both of them are not the greatest, but at least Disneyland is a little bit better. You can go off-road and stuff like that. Yeah, and then you got the, the Disneyland version has, like, the robot theme and stuff like that more prevalent, I think. Um, I, I liked it a lot more, I guess. I think the cars need to be updated a little bit. They like, need to be electric. Yeah, instead of like all those fumes and stuff everywhere. Not for the fact of like, I mean, breathing it in is kind of terrible, but like, I don't know, just for an environmental thing. It's only one little spot with a couple hundred cars. No big deal. <laughs> there is always a line for that ride too. So it's just like, it's an ongoing thing. I would love to see like 
a, a detailed I don't know how they would how they go about it, but how they show you like the health of the ozone in certain areas of the United States that have like high pollution rates. They have a lot of solar panels and stuff, which is awesome. Yeah, but the, this little tiny spot like right above yeah. that ride is yep. probably just straight UV rays coming through, cooking everything. <laughs> All right, Abby. Uh, All right, I'll do that one on top. Okay. All right, Jungle Cruise. This is a total one-and-done ride. Every time I ride it, it's the same old bad jokes. Just the worst delivery. The backside of water? That's not even funny. And how dumb are you? Everybody knows that water is fluid and doesn't have sides. And the jungle cru- Jingle Cruise? You can't just put Santa hats on everything and toss a couple of presents around and call it different ride. Looks like I walk through the dollar store Christmas aisle and talk to a slightly comedic employee. So lame. <laughs> all right some of those puns do get a little old i can't believe that there's not much variation to it after all these like i know they're classic they haven't like switched it up a little bit every like well i have like a a few different that they would like throw in there and stuff once in a while you'll get something you haven't heard in a while but it's like oh there's trader sam he's got a special going (laughs) and it's for the price of yours (laughs) Yeah, every now and then I think, you, and it's in, I guess the inconsistency to it there also is that you're dealing with whether your skipper's that good or not. And that kind of stinks because, you know, a lot of them are great, but some of them are not nearly as good as others. So you could ride it one trip and it's like absolutely fantastic and you can't wait to ride it again. And the next time you go back, it feels like a letdown. And then it's not because it was bad. It's just because you had such a good skipper the previous time. I wish they had, like, different, like, variations of it. Like, you could go through it one time, and it would be, like, you know, the jokes you hear every single time, but sometimes you would go through it, and they would be, like, random jokes that you've never heard before, just to kind of mix it up a little bit. Like, I love the ride. There's nothing wrong with the ride at all, but I wish they would mix up some of the jokes a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, you hear the same ones. There's an Indian tiger. They can jump up to 50 feet. Good thing we're only 25 feet away. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there is charm to them. They... That's one that could use a little bit of updating and variation, I guess. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do another one here, and I'm going to do the people mover. Whoa, 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 whoa! Oh no! Careful <laughs> what you say with the people mover now. <laughs> oh boy, we're, we're we're we touched a sore spot here. We <laughs> love the people mover, though. We love it. All right, go ahead. Let me hear. It. Okay, people mover. They should call this ride the Sleepmaker. I woke up on it 45 minutes later to the sound of some child screaming, Shut your kid up, I'm trying to nap. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing could be said for Carousel of Progress. Oh, God, it's so hard to, to sleep through that song, though. It's hard to sleep through it, yeah. We got stuck in it for like 15 minutes or something listening to the same song. We were just like stuck in the middle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's a big, beautiful, what is it? It's a great, big, bright, big, beautiful tomorrow. Great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, shining at the end of every day. You got to put it in there. You got to play it right there. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beauti
is a great big beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow is just a dream away Man has a dream and that's the start All right, what do you got for us, Joe? Okay, my next one is Big Thunder Mountain. The only way I'm writing this, if I need to pass a kidney stone. End of story. <laughs> I couldn't even wait. I couldn't even wait till you were done with that to start laughing. <laughs> oh my god. And speaking of which, because we only have a couple more left here, I have a Thunder Mountain one too. So my <laughs> my one star Thunder Mountain. What is this? West by God, Virginia? That's it. <laughs> Miners and stuff. <laughs> oh. All right, Abby, do you want to uh, take Space Mountain? I think that's about all we got left here. Yeah, I can do that Um, All right. Going through the line, I expected this might be, be space-themed. I suppose they tried, but let me tell you, they failed. Disney clearly knows nothing about space or theming for as far as that that's concerned. I couldn't see a thing, aside from the couple of twinkling lights on the ceiling. It was pitch black. If I wanted to get blacked out and have everything around me moving uncontrollably, then I would just go to the local bar, do it for a lot cheaper. Also, this ride should seriously be shut down. These wooden beams are hazard for anyone who rides it. I ducked more than once because I'm a taller guy, and I'm pretty sure any one of those could have taken my head off. I can't believe someone hasn't gotten seriously injured on this yet, or worse, died. It's a miracle that they are still allowed to operate it. My first thought is, um, you're a taller guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I thought the same thing. <laughs> this is a fake one-star review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those were all great. Do you got any more, Joe, or are we wrapped up with that? I have a couple more. Just I. I have a couple more from uh, real one-star reviews from the park. Ooh, I have some of those too, so we'll get to those in a second here. But I have a special, dun -da -da -da, a very special one-star review here. And yes, Joe, you told me not to do it, but I did Small World. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> My one-star guest appearance, Star Star, star Small World review. Here it is. What is this S? I'm, I'm clearly editing out the curse words here. What is this S? A bunch of creepy animatronic kids singing to you? Walt Disney must have had some real demons to want this many children around. This is scarier than that fake A haunted house that they have in the park. And what's up with this song? The Imagineers must have some real sadistic tendencies. I've never wanted to be deaf and blind before, and then I rode Small World. I would rather have a double colonoscopy than ride this ride again. <laughs> I know that's how you really feel, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is a it is a classic. I hate that I don't like it that much. We ride it every time we go. We do ride it. I, you know what? And honestly... I have yet to ride the one at Disneyland, and everyone says it's better. Yeah, it's closed every time we're there. It, it's way better. It's longer. It's got more scenes. Plus, it has all the characters throughout the ride, all the Disney characters. Oh, I didn't know that. And then, and then during the holidays, it's decorated for Christmas. 
Well, that's why we never get to ride it because yeah, it's always they're always re- redecorating it for Christmas. Yeah, we're always there that like first weekend of November, and they've got it shut down for its uh, renovation. Yeah, it usually opens like usually the second week of November. It opens. Yeah, I think we we typically miss it by like a couple days or something. It, it would be we because I think it usually opens after that weekend on like the following Monday or something. So like, I don't know, um, this upcoming Monday is probably when it comes back or something, uh, unless I'm incorrect about that, which I could be, uh, but we've tried to plan to see it. Uh, and I think what it turned out to be was that we'd have to be there for like a week and a half to be able to do it. And it was kind of complicated things for when we needed to arrive for the stuff that we typically do there. And we can ride it in January. Yeah, that's, well, that's definitely gonna happen, I guess. Not that I'm overly excited about riding it. <laughs> you know you are. I really wanted to do the holiday version, I guess. That sounded... Is the holiday one good? Is it better than the the normal... Is yes. it at least a fun retheming? Yes. What you'll be, you'll be very surprised of how well it's themed. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a full... A, almost a full makeover, just like uh, Haunted Mansion does. The Haunted Mansion, I can... Oh, I can't say enough about how good that is. They did a fantastic job with the Haunted Holiday takeover or whatever. Yeah, I love the Haunted Holiday. I think it's really great. And I love that uh, the gingerbread house that they put in the dining area. So the whole thing smells like gingerbread. Yeah, last year it was amazing. I didn't get to see it this year. Yeah, Yeah. unfortunately we We didn't didn't either. (laughs) So now for the next part of the podcast, we're going to get into some actual one-star reviews of either Disney World or Disneyland. I think, Joe, did you mostly do um, Disneyland? Yes. We did Disney World. So we just went to Google and we typed in um, Walt Disney World reviews and went to the, the Google accumulation of them and um, clicked uh, to sort by the lowest review and um, kind of read through a good many of them, maybe the first hundred or so and screen capped what ended up being a lot more than I wanted to and then tried to pull the best out of that. So if you want to start us out with yours, Joe, we'll follow through. All right. Flew 16 hours each way to see once-in-a-lifetime dream, spent over (laughs) $4,000 and hoped to have some delight. Sadly, advised on our last night of three nights, that the fireworks are only available on the weekend. (laughs) Many people confused and disappointed during the magic morning. Such a disgraceful and expensive place. Suggest you spend your hard-earned dollars elsewhere. (laughs) I I hate to laugh so much at it because somebody actually feels that way, but like, I can't believe that somebody actually feels that way, that they flew 16 hours each way. I'm just like, "You, you knew. It was going to be that far. You knew but what you were getting into. Only if there was a magical device that most people in the world carry could tell you questions. You know, you could put your questions in it and it would give you an answer. You know, so someone needs to come up with something, you know, like Google or who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe Google could figure out a way to make a device that you could type a question into and get an answer, like some sort of search query. Well, like, yeah, even with like the fireworks and stuff, it's just like we do so much research before we go that it's just like you should, I don't know, maybe 
you would know that. I, I guess that's the sad part about reading some of these reviews is that like when actually kind of trying to relate to the people that wrote them. It's hard. Well, it is. And then at the same time, it's like, I, I guess they didn't expect to have such a learning curve to Disney. And I mean, honestly, if you want to do it to the most smoothest and fullest extent, you do have to do a little research, but I don't feel like it's a lot. Like you already, it's not more than any other vacation. You already know where you're going. You're going to Disney. Read, oh. read about the rides, read about, you know, the restaurants you want to go to. If you're going to Mexico or something, well, I guess not so much because that's probably all inclusive, but anywhere else you're going on vacation, you're typically going to do some research about the stuff that you want to do, see where you want to eat and whatnot. I, I don't understand why it's so hard to do that. Well, especially because there's even an app now that tells you literally everything that's going on the entire day. Yeah. And, and, and the weird thing is, it's made by Disney. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's accurate. Yeah. It's accurate. All right. Abby, you want to read this one? This is my all-time favorite. Okay. Out of all the ones that we found, this one's great. Oh, gosh. Okay. I wasn't expecting to read this one first, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not a patient person, honestly. And there's actually a very good reason that sometimes this place deserves probably less than one star. Since you'd pay around 100 to get in per day, and in, in the end, for me personally, I only went on one ride, and that's probably my only one decent experience here. Besides eating the longest hot dog I've ever ate, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> I read that I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, how do you go to Disney for an entire day and go on one, one ride? ride? Yeah, that's what Where you can my get mind. three fast passes automatically. Yeah. Even at, if you're not staying on property, you're at your 30 days, or even walking, just walking into the park, there is fast passes available. Yeah, and you know what I don't understand is a lot of people find the fast pass system confusing or just don't understand it in general. And I found multiple reports, and maybe it's something that I don't understand because I always buy my tickets ahead of time online, but there was a lot of reviews of people claiming that they paid like a $15 fee and we're talking Disney World unless they wrote their review on the wrong site um, a $15 fee for fast passes that were all sold out and I'm like I, I think don't... that's more Disneyland with the max pass system yeah that's what I thought too but I, did they raise the price because wasn't that $10 per ticket it was 10 it's now 15 but I think some people realize you know fast passes run out especially with the bigger rides. So if you walk in the park at three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe buying the fast pass for your ticket is not the greatest use of your money. Right. Exactly, yeah. You can't just show up there midday because you slept in or you couldn't get the family ready in time and expect everything to be- Available. Readily, yeah, to be able to walk on every ride. But as using Matt's pass, I've used it plenty of times later on in the afternoon. And yes, Space Mountain, Radiator Springs, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe those are used up for the day, but you can find a lot of other rides up until 8, 9 o'clock at night that you can get a fast pass for. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Um, so let me see. The one that I'm going to go with here, this one-star review starts out. It, st it starts out like a Trump tweet. Overpriced, exclamation mark. Overcharged, exclamation mark. Overcrowded, exclamation mark. Rude employees, exclamation mark. 
this guy's getting he's getting his point across i'm not going to spend that much money to stand in line two-thirds of the day to go on a minute ride this so-called quick pass is a joke all the rides are (laughs) all the rides are claimed before you can even get online to sign up for them only thing i found magical was the exit (laughs) (laughs) i've never had to deal with a rude a rude employee everyone's been extremely nice to us every time we've ever been there i've never had a problem with any of the cast members no not once all right, is it my turn? I have one more. Oh, yeah, hit us with it. And then well, we got a couple we might ramble off. Two more. Oh, sweet. Okay, this is Disneyland. One star review. We bought the annual Southern tickets, which don't even exist. We bought them last August 2018. I just found out they blocked all of June, July, and August. It's very sad. That's when the kids are off of school. We paid $2,500 for these tickets. It's a fraud. Not cool at all. When we bought them, the lady did not mention anything about having all summer block. Never again will I buy annual tickets. I get it. They want to block out some days, but why have all summer? At least one day out of the week. So disappointing. <laughs> so they got the, uh, the Southern Annual Pass, huh? Which is the most basic pass you can buy. And yes, is the most blocked out pass of all of Disneyland passes. Um, but, okay, go ahead. If you go on to their app, again, you know, thinking about things ahead of time, it will show you what days each pass is blocked out. <laughs> you would think that maybe there would be that search query somewhere that you'd be able to find answers to your questions. Yeah, and if I'm dropping $2,500 on season passes, I'm going to make sure I know every day I can go. Right. But that's just me. What do I know? Yeah. <laughs> Who prepares for things? Yeah. No. <laughs> crazy. Craziness. All right, Abby, you want... You know what always mind-boggled me a little bit was that the Disneyland passes, and I think they've recently gotten a little closer tend to be a, the annual passes at Disneyland if I'm not mistaken are relatively more expensive for I guess you'd say less to offer than Disney World considering you know the more parks and everything at World and the land land passes seem really pricey uh, they are they well they've been raising them up to try to discourage people from getting them to lo- lower the crowds oh okay that that's it's so crazy that that's the strategy to keep crowds out. But I mean, I guess what else are you going to do other than turn people away when they show up to the gate? And that's an even worse experience, I think, than not being able to buy your tickets to traveling all the way there and be like, oh, no, you can't come in. Exactly. All right. After going to Disney for 30 years, I can say the magic is fading fast. The queuing is farcical now with a fast pass, snail pass, system that simply does not work. It simply ruins the day. No Disney characters on the street? Why? The park is old, tired, needs additional rides, and brought into the 21st century. <laughs> I love it because this there's, was wrote three months ago. There's characters everywhere. Well, I mean, they just they just added a whole bunch of different new stuff to both sides of the United States. 
Yeah. There's literally characters everywhere. Like, all over Disneyland, there's characters as soon as you walk in. And then even Disney World, even, like, on the app, like we've been saying the whole entire time, it tells you exactly where each character is and what time they will be there. Exactly. It's not hard. So, let me see here. I don't think it's out of the 21st century, either. I don't think so, either. I I can't believe that they... the The whole, like dating of it and they need new rides was mind-boggling because they literally have been adding new rides and everybody and their mother is complaining that the price is going up because they're adding new rides but then they complain that they need new rides right right it's definitely a vicious cycle hold on i gotta pick one here i brought way too many on here i got a quick one oh here we go i got one this one here starts out horrible bought season passes and can't find them (laughs) been on phone for two hours with five different people whom don't have a clue still no one can tell us whether our passes are still good or not horrible it's not that they do not want to they can't find out this day and age with technology and you don't know who your members are they have all of our info but can't tell us because they do not know. Shame on you. They sure can take your money. Joke. You shouldn't lose your pass. I'm going to say they either expired or they just didn't follow. They didn't actually buy them. I guess. Well, how are they not linked in their MDE account? Right. That also, because usually everything is just like linked to your account. Like you use your um, your wristband and like scan everything for it. You can buy things with it. You get into your hotel room, li- literally everything with your wristband. Why wouldn't your like pass be on there? Your annual pass. I don't know. I love people though. They're funny. <laughs> right. Right. Such All hard right, to my, understand. My last one. I dropped my phone outside in the parking lot and my screen cracked. Get some softer ground, Disney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can't be real. Tell me that's not real. This is real and it happened four weeks ago. Oh my goodness. Wow. They don't tend to put like that, uh, what's that football stuff, the AstroTurf? Like everywhere. Like the stuff that they have at playgrounds or something. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, for like the kids, there's like, uh, there's foam mats, the ones that like link together. You build the parking lots out of that. Oh my gosh. That, that was, that's the best one yet. A, a lot of the ones that I found were people complaining about the heat. And I'm just like, it's, it's Florida, man. And like, you're outside. <laughs> what? There's nothing you can do about that. You you didn't even need to do research into that. Like if you have a basic understanding of geography, then you would know that it's gonna be hot, muggy, and probably have a torrential downpour like once a day. Right. Well, I think some people think Disney can control the weather, like there's this giant glass dome. <laughs> you know like, could you just turn off the rain for a couple hours? That'd be great. I read that somewhere. I think there. I bet that's true. There's probably a glass dome. This is more crowd control. They just want to rain you out and, and you know what, kind of thin out the crowd a little bit. All the true Disney goers know that there's a glass dome. They're like, Psh. once they get rid of 20% of the people, they're going to just Turn unleash the, the sunshine, off. dry it out, and we're going to hit up all the rides within 15 minutes. Disney is the best place to be when it rains because people scatter and leave those parts, and then you just walk on everything. Yeah, that's great. Me and Abby like threw on some ponchos, and yeah, our feet got soaked, but it was a torrential downpour 
mm-hmm. last time we were at Disney World and we like chilled under the cover of um, Pirates for a while and then we're like screw it let's go we're gonna go to um, Haunted Mansion and we went to Haunted Mansion we got a little wet we rode the ride within like five minutes or something we were on it it was great yeah what you got for us Abby This place is focused on kids. If you want an adult ride, this is not the place. They have a FastPass app. It's totally confusing. Also, the prices are extremely high. The drinking water smells so bad. I I rarely ever give bad reviews, but I felt this place deserved a bad review. (laughs) The the drinking water smells awful. (laughs) That one was great. When I saw that, I was like, "Really? You're just that—that's your your complaint—is the smell of the drinking." I guess I, honestly, maybe it smells bad. I've never smelled the drinking water. I've never smelled the water either. But I've—I don't know. I figured if it smelled that bad, I wouldn't—I wouldn't drink it. Well, you just ask for free water at any quick-serving restaurant. They give you free cups of ice water. Right. It's filtered. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's filtered. It might come out of like a, a soda machine or something, but it's not like it's unclean water. I don't know. Maybe they're talking about the faucets or something, like the um, fountains, the water fountains. Maybe they've just got their head under a faucet. Maybe. Maybe they're smelling the water on. Maybe they think that you can drink the water from Small World, and it just smells like children's tears because they're stuck there singing all day. <laughs> I I get it that you know people complain about Disney prices. But that's almost a 12-hour ticket doing something. When you think about it, you could go see a Broadway show that's maybe two or three hours for the same amount of money. Where when you go to Disney, you're paying that money for a whole day. Yes. I agree. At sports events, whatever, like, people have no problem going to a football game or something, spending however much on a ticket, you know, $12 $12 beers and then or any concert for that matter I oh, mean depending geez, on yeah. your seat I mean you could pay like $300 for the floor or something like that and people are like more than happy to spend the money at that to see some someone in concert I was looking at golden night tickets for hockey and then the nosebleeds were 150 each holy cow and that's, that's worse the, than Penn's tickets that's top row in the back <laughs> that is brutal yeah that's nuts well, it's the hot new ticket in Las Vegas right now, so yeah, tickets are very expensive. Yeah, and you probably get a lot of travelers like uh, stopping in to see them when they're on vacation or whatever. We do. So my next one-star review starts out with, if you love Disney, then go have fun. Bring a few snacks and water. Speaking of food, Cosmic Rays was my favorite. Decent food at a decent price. What is magical about standing in line 15, 30 to 45 minutes for a ride? Bring buckets of money. First off, this person sounded like they had a darn decent trip and didn't enjoy it. Right. The, yeah, it, sound, it started off like good. They, they like were saying like some nice stuff in the beginning. They're like, Cosmic Race is my favorite place. Oh, Cosmic Race is great. They literally named all good things until they said bring buckets of money. Like 15, 30, 45 minutes. Honestly... None of that's a bad wait time. It's, it's for not ride. three hours. Yeah, it's not bad at all. But why wait in line for food when there's a uh, the quick service app on yeah, the there's, phone? There's so many quick service things now, and then you can just order ahead, like on your phone, like you were saying, and then just go walk right up and get your food. That's the it, greatest feeling in the world when you bypass that line and people just look at you, but like, you guys don't know, don't have the app. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> right? That it's something to make use of. That's one of the more useful tools that they've come out with in a while. Yeah, it is really, really nice to have that. If yeah, you're just put, like on the go. And they put all the allergy stuff on there too. So if you have a food allergy, you can custom customize your order too. They made it really simple. They are so good with like allergies and stuff. We went there whenever I went with my family and my brother's a vegan and they were really, really careful with asking him like how he wanted his things cooked, like where he wanted them cooked compared to like everything else. Cause it was like a hibachi restaurant and uh, they were really, really nice about it and like cooked all of his stuff first and asked his permission for everything before they even like did anything right in front of him. It was, it was really, really nice. Was that a uh, Teppan Ido? Um, it was, I don't really remember the name of the restaurant, but I know it was in Epcot, mm -hmm. um, but I don't know the name of the restaurant. Yeah, I think it's Teppanito. They always, Disney's always above and beyond for allergies. Yeah, they really are. They're great for that. Well, do you got any more um, one-star reviews for us? Uh, no, I'm tapped out on the one-star reviews. All right, we'll, we'll cut ours off too, because uh, that's enough negativity for one day, I think. And uh, the insensitivity is starting to go through the, through the roof right now. <laughs> so, um... Before you, uh, we know you got to go a little early on us. Before you go, um, do you want to tell us some of the stuff you're most excited about on Disney Plus? And for our listeners who haven't caught on by now, um, I guess the day this goes live, because I plan on putting this out overnight again on Monday, um, editing it tomorrow after evening, and then um, uploading it tomorrow night, and it'll be live Tuesday morning. Um, the 12th. The 12th. <clears throat> Sorry. Um Disney Plus streaming service should <laughs> be live Tuesday, November 12th. And I, like we said earlier, we haven't seen a time for that. Um, is there anything that you're specifically excited for, Joe? I'm really excited to be seeing new Star Wars content with The Mandalorian. I mean, it looks like a, a movie. They could have made a movie out of that. That stuff does look great. I'm honestly, and me and Abby tried to, but then we... It didn't we watched last like long. one. Yeah, we, we watched one movie. I've seen a bunch of them, like in passing, growing up, and more specifically, the newer ones that came out in what was like the late '90s, early 2000s, or something. Like the one with Samuel L. Jackson in it. But mm. I haven't seen all the Star Wars, to be honest, and I'm ashamed of myself because I'm a super nerd. But I'm, I need to get caught up, so, especially so that I can enjoy Galaxy's Edge when we go there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, especially uh, with the Rise of the Resistance getting ready to open up in both parks soon. I'm going to have to binge watch. They made Galaxy's Edge so where you don't have to be a total Disney uh, Star Wars nerd to really enjoy your time there. So that's the like, cool thing about it. I feel like they do that with a lot of them. Like You can just enjoy the park itself and not have to know what's going on or what it's about or anything just enjoy like all the detail and work and time they put into everything and not even have seen any of the movies and you can still enjoy it yeah it's it's pretty nice how they made it i mean i know some people are like well we don't have any connection to it but they made it so you can make it your own story in, in the star wars universe i really want to buy um one of the fancy lightsabers like the where you, you assemble it yourself but i really want the black kyber crystal and i know it's like one out of a hundred so i don't know i don't think yeah. i could have it any other way and when they first released them there were there were ways to trick it to find it now they just kind of give it to you so like people were, were using their cell phone flashlights 
to find the black crystals. Oh, is that how they were doing it? Like shining uh, through the package? Yes. Man, see, I wish we would have been there then because those things are on eBay, but they're expensive. Yeah. And then I'm also excited for some new monsters at work. Oh, see- me too. We have that one up as the, one of the ones we're excited for. I was like, I saw that Monsters, Inc. thing. I was like, I love Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Anything Monsters, Inc. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for that Monsters 2 that I did last week, you know, to be realized. Yeah, I can't wait till that's <laughs> announced. Someday, someday. <laughs> All too What's that? The last one I was uh, interested in was The World According to Jeff Goldblum. What's that about? Oh, one of my friends at work, uh, who used to work at my work, she was super excited about it. She loves Jeff Goldblum. It's the thought, it's a, uh, what does it say? Through the prism of Jeff Goldblum's always inquisitive and highly entertaining mind, nothing is as it seems. Each episode is centered around something people all love, like sneakers and ice cream, as <laughs> Jeff pulls the thread on these deceptively familiar objects and unravels a wonderful world. This sounds wildly entertaining. It seems interesting. Yeah. I'd probably watch it. He's a good actor. Anything else that you want to see on it? There's so much. There is. You know, some of the old movies I'd love to see. I know there's a couple that they won't have on there. You know, like Song of the South is not going to be on there. But just all the Disney content through all the years. I can't wait. We've still yet to watch Song of the South. Um, I think I've seen it like a long, long time ago. I don't think I ever have. I watched it once, I think, when I was a kid. But I haven't watched it in some time. I downloaded it, so I've been meaning to watch it. And yeah, piracy. But I mean, you can't readily buy it. So what's your other options? I think I'd rather... John and Kathy got a copy of it. They, they did. Bought a they, they said it was pirated. They said that they like ordered, like bought it, and then they got it, and they were like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they ever produced it. I could be wrong easily. Um, I don't know that they ever produced it in the era of DVDs or. Uh, I don't even. I don't know if they produced VHSs of it back in the day. That's beyond me. But, um, yeah, I don't think you can buy like a working disney production copy of it or something so they bought one that like i think the listing of it looked pretty legit and it showed up and it was uh not yeah it was obviously pirated which is fine whatever i mean you can't access it so who cares it's not like they're making money off it anyways if they're not letting you view it right yeah we're we're pumped about the old stuff a lot of the new content looks great um the Monsters at Work was a big one Abby was into, so if anybody listening isn't familiar, the premise uh, here says, uh, Six months after the events of Monsters, Inc., the city of Metropolis is now fueled with the sound of laughter. Um, Tyler Tuskmoon, Tuskmon, a mechanic on the facilities team, dreams of working alongside his idols, Mike Wazowski and James P. Sully Sullivan. And that's about all that it gives you, but... I'm it's Monsters Inc. It has to be good, right? Yes. Yes. It has to. It has to. I think I'm pretty pumped about the Marvel What If series. Uh, because if it follows the comics, it's kind of like 
a lot of different stuff. It's the, you know, the series explores what would happen if major moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe occurred differently. So I'm hoping that we get to see some interesting characters. Uh, like I like, I would love to. I would geek out if I got to see Captain Universe or like moments when. Um, like Spider-Man uh, wore the Captain Universe suit or something like that. That's what I'm really hoping for. I think the What If series can be phenomenal. Um, it is animated. And I'm a fan of animation. I find superhero animation something that I haven't acquired the taste for yet, but I honestly haven't tried it either, I could say, other than when I was a kid. Like, me and Abby love our animated Disney movies, and we love, like, Japanese animation, but I've never really gotten back into superhero animation, or I guess that type of American animation, I should say. Well, I think it lets your mind wonder, like when you're a kid, like what if Wolverine was Captain America, or you know, and it could be anything. Yeah, that's. I think that could turn out to be a really fun series. Um, I hope that maybe it'll spin off into some live action movie, but. I guess the popularity is yet to be seen, though a lot of those uh, animated ones just sort of stay their own path, which isn't a bad thing. No, because they can do so much with the animation. Abby, what do you got for me here? Um, one thing that I'm pretty interested as to how it comes out, uh, whenever I was younger, I used to watch the Lizzie McGuire show a lot, so they're redoing that, so I was pretty excited to see how that goes. And oh, the what? overview for that says that... Um, this series follows Lizzie McGuire, a 13-year-old girl who dreams of being popular at school with the help of her best friends Miranda and Gordo. Uh, episodes center on Lizzie's life, dealing with her family, mostly her parents, uh, Joe and Sam, and her younger brother Matt, and normal teenage life issues. Lizzie has an animated alter ego that represents her feelings. So is that a lot like the original? Because I've never watched that's, that's it. That's exactly like the original. It's just like, it's going to be so different because obviously she's older now. She's not a young kid anymore. So I'm pretty interested as to how they accomplish this. Yeah, it says that it's starring Hilary Duff, which is it a little is. odd. It is. Um, that's what's so cool about it is because she's coming back on it. I never watched Lizzie McGuire. I think I was a little too old when it came out. Likewise. <laughs> yeah, or maybe a little too much of a boy, I guess. Yeah, you're you're older and you're a boy, so. Yeah. I'm the old man in this relationship. Right. <laughs> but I'm a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm super excited about, and this is another one of my nerdy superhero things. And I'm mostly a DC nerd, but there's some Marvel stuff that really gets me. Moon Knight. They are doing a Moon Knight series that there's not a whole lot of information about. I'm hoping it's live action. I'm not sure. Maybe that info's out there and I just didn't capture it. But they announced it at D23 this year that they're going to do a Moon Knight series. I'm pumped and I don't like I feel like Moon Knight's a little more hardcore so I'm hoping they don't water it down for Disney Plus. Though I, I seen that they're moving a lot of the more um, touchy stuff or the more uh, R-rated or hardcore stuff of their assets like their Fox stuff more specifically over to Hulu if I'm not mistaken I don't really know much about that I, I haven't heard much either no um, you're the only one Derek sorry right. I guess I'm alone <laughs> on this one. you're alone on that one we're also pumped about the Imagineering story just sounds like a fun documentary the premise is the show will 
Uh, be focused on the Walt Disney Imagineers and take an in-depth look at the history and creation of Walt Disney theme parks and attractions around the world. There's some Netflix shows that, or well, some movies like that that were on Netflix, not necessarily Netflix itself made it, but um, about like Walt Disney and stuff that were really, really interesting. So I'm pretty interested to see the Imagineering one. I think anytime you look, you pull back the curtain at Disney, people are excited. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. There's a lot of magic and people want to know what makes it work. What's the catalyst for all this? Right. Another one that I'm super pumped about is The Legend of the Three Caballeros. And the premise yes. is when... Yeah, see? <laughs> there we go. I know they're going to change it eventually, but I hope not. But it's going to happen. It's going to be... Uh, Coco. It's definitely going to be Coco. It'll be changed eventually. And it'll be awesome. No, no, no. They cannot change Grand Fiesta Tour. I don't want them to. I love that ride, but I I have a feeling that they will eventually. And like they're they were trying to introduce some of the Coco stuff on the outside of it, so I would imagine that they would turn the ride eventually into Coco or something along those lines. Maybe I don't know. In that building, though, where are you going to put that many people? Yeah, that's a good. Well, right. I've never yeah. honestly, and I don't know why, but I've never, I've never thought, even about, thought that. about that yeah. at all. They would have to build another building just for the queue. Well, that restaurant's in there too, so they can't really make more space. No, for a line. and they can't get rid of the market in there because then you would lose the whole feel of it. Right. So that is a good point. I never even really thought about that. I bet that's why it hasn't happened yet. They're going through like stages of imagineering on like where are we going to put the people. They're going to hollow out the top of the temple, which is probably already <laughs> hollow, and make the queue be up there or something. At least it'll be air conditioned, right? So all the people complaining that they didn't know Florida is hot will be relaxed for a little bit. <laughs> you know, and hopefully they won't get any more one-star reviews. Right. Uh, hopefully we don't either. <laughs> this we should have titled this episode "A Guide to Getting a One-Star Review." Make fun of all one-star reviews. <laughs> uh, but the the premise of this uh, is that when Donald Duck inherits a cabana from his great grandfather uh, Clinton Coote in the New Quack Quackmore in- Institute, alongside Brazilian parrot Jose. Uh, Carioca, I, I'm going to butcher some of these, um, and Mexican rooster um, Ponchito Gonzalez, um, they uh, they discover a magical book that, when opened, releases a goddess named Zandra. The goddess explains that Donald, Jose, and uh, Ponchito are the descendants of a trio of adventurers known as the Three Caballeros, who long ago traveled to stop the evil sorcerer Lord Feldrake from taking over the world and ultimately sealing him in a magical staff. Meanwhile, the staff containing Feldrake is discovered by his descendant, Baron von Scheldgoose. <laughs> That's wonderful. The corrupt president of the new Quackmore Institute. As Scheldgoose sets out to revive Feldrake, the three caballeros l- must learn to become heroes to save the world from disaster. It sounds so much better now. That's a big description of the... That's huge. I, it, it's nice to hear like the backstory with it. Yeah, I, I love that we're going to get a lot of lore and history to it. So that's definitely one of my top ones amongst other things. We talked about Forky Asks a Question last week, and there's supposed to be a new Chippendale series and coming up. And a cooking show. Untitled. And a cooking show that I am super, super excited for. Oh, yeah. Be Our Chef, which is a cooking reality um, competition that maybe we can try to get Abby on. <laughs> So, all right, Joe, um, I understand you might have to go now. I do. It's, uh, it's family time, guys. 
Hey, I understand. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're sorry that you couldn't stay the whole time, but we're glad that you could be here for the time we've had. And uh, we'll finish up the news and everything without you. It's going to be a sad moment. And just for you leaving the episode, we're probably going to get a zero star review. <laughs> it's been super fun. Um, anytime you want to do this, let me know. All right. Thanks, Joe. Take care. All right. Bye, guys. Later. Bye. All right. Well, now that Joe's gone and it's just Abby and I here, um, we want to elaborate a little more on that cooking competition um, that she was talking about. And the description that we found, um, or I guess cooking reality show, the description says, hosted by Angela Kinsey, the actor who played Angela in on The Office, we're guilty of never seeing, never having seen it. Yeah. Um, this series, this series will feature families from diverse backgrounds cooking in a competition that's positive and playful in tone, according to a press release. Each episode will feature two families cooking dishes based on their own traditions and the magic of Disney. At the end of the competition, the finalists will be asked to create a dish that represents their family through a Disney lens. I'm really excited for it. I think it'll be a really cool concept. It does. It sounds like a fun take on a cooking show. When I they love s- cooking shows. I don't know how they put the spin on it, like a fun dish that represents their family through a Disney lens. I don't know where you go with that. I guess, you know, It incorporate- could be like a garnish or something. I mean, they could make something like look like a Mickey head or something. Yeah, or, 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 or like incru- it- incorporate the idea of like the gray stuff or like... Um, or the Epcot like ball. I mean, they could make something resemble that, like the shape or the texture or whatever. Yeah, or like a Viking themed dish for um, Frozen hashtag not my Epcot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's it for all of our um, Disney Plus stuff that we're excited for. So don't forget, um, the day that this is live, Disney Plus should be live and available on multiple devices. um, And, you know, enjoy it. Um, Hopefully it's going to be a great service. It looks like it so far. Um, I don't know if anybody watched it. I know that me and Abby... And Joe, none of us saw the um, Little Mermaid live on ABC last week, unfortunately. I've seen a few clips, like on Facebook. I've seen um, the Sebastian sing a song, well, Shaggy. And then I've seen Queen Latifah as Ursula sing a song as well. Those are the two that I've only seen. Super, super impressed with Queen Latifah. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with Shaggy. A lot of the reviews I read, and I read one from uh, New York Times and then one from The Hollywood Reporter, uh... A lot of them said the same thing, that look, Queen Latifah stole the show. Yeah, she did awesome. Um, Shaggy seemed a little mixed. Um, he just seemed like, in the song that I heard, it was like really out of his element. And it was not, it wasn't like, normally when The Rock is in like a show or something, they normally, or singing, they they change it to make it so it fits. Like, Shaggy did not fit. They didn't change it enough so that his style of i don't know singing rapping whatever you want to call it fit well with that i guess i could see where that'd be a problem and um they said his costume was kind of atrocious it was like a like a red jumpsuit basically and i could be wrong i only saw a clip uh, that's kind of what they said just like a loose fitting latex suit or something yeah i only saw a clip of it but i was a little bit disappointed with him in the clip that i saw well the little or the New York Times writes, and I'm just taking a couple excerpts out of it here, um, ABC's hybrid telecast of The Little Mermaid seemed as caught between two worlds as its, as its heroine. And um, the one thing that I didn't know going into this, I guess, was that it wasn't a full 
live retelling, it was like, I, I want to say from what I've read, that a, a large majority of it was the animated film dialogue, and then they throw in live performances of the songs, basically. Oh, I guess I didn't really know that either. Yeah, they, they alternated between the old um, animated film and the live actors. Um, and it goes on to say, all of these performers handled their material well. Uh, the stunt casting of celebrities has sometimes been a drag on live TV musicals, but this cast could sing, and the animated characters handled most of the dialogue. It also said, as you were just saying, Queen Latifah was especially impressive, sounding appropriately deep-voiced and sultry on Ursula's big song, Poor Unfortunate Souls. The lesser-known Phillips was also a surprise standout, bringing depth and resonance to her voice, a song from Broadway's Little Mermaid. So that must be an original song that they brought in from the Broadway version. I don't think I'm familiar. Sounds like it. Uh, it also said that the special staging was more hit and miss. The Broadway musicals elaborately costumed dancers were mostly replaced with puppets, which gave the performers visual impact, but sometimes made the production look like a low-budget local kitty TV show. That kind of hurts. That You know, you're producing it for TV once. Why don't you pull all the stops, I guess? You know? Yeah, I did see, like, the puppets. The fish were a lot, like, the um, different colored fish and stuff were, like, different puppets and everything. Almost like the... I know that you've never seen it, but almost like how the Finding Nemo thing, the Finding Nemo show is at Disney. Yeah, I've never seen that one at Animal Kingdom, correct? I believe so. Um, it goes on to say, in general, the transitions from animation to live action looked smooth, although the pieces still felt disconnected. The overall effect was like watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, <laughs> where the natural flow of marching bands, floats, and balloons is periodically interrupted by stripped-down out-of-context excerpts from Broadway shows. That kind of hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess a lot of the... Th maybe I'm guilty here. I tried to pull out meaningful content, but a lot of meaningful content is more critical, I think. So you're going to get a lot of what feels like negative criticism, but, I mean, what do you... I, don't, I just don't want to hear people go, well, it was great. You live and you learn. Yeah. I mean, there's good things about it. There's crappy things about it. Uh, and then it, fi it finished up saying, Overall, Little Mermaid Live probably wouldn't have been the best way for a newcomer to experience the original movie, but the special stop-and-start approach may have sparked some warm feelings among TV viewers old enough to remember the weekly The Wonderful World of Disney broadcasts that often presented treasures from the studio's vault in truncated versions broken up by commercials. I loved those when I used to watch that stuff on Vault Disney. I would watch that and Zorro religiously when I was a child. I was such a Zorro nerd. I think I was Zorro for Halloween a couple times. I'm gonna have to ask mom and dad if they have any photos or anything because I swear I was. Either that or I'm making it up which is entirely possible. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it, it sounded like it was good and I still look forward to watching it. Um, I have another couple excerpts here from um, the Hollywood Report Reporters um, review which is a little harsher. Um, ABC's hybrid format live performance of the Disney classic spent more time replaying moments from the original film than staging a grand musical spectacular. Um, it goes on to say, uh, most of the airtime was spent broadcasting the dialogue sequences from the original film and sprinkling in a few semi-live songs from the soundtrack and its 2007 Broadway musical adaptation. Thus, audiences were deprived of any dramatic performances from the cast, treated instead to what ostensibly 
amounted to a concert that relied heavily on background video and brief celebrity cameos. It was a deflating experience. Mm-hmm. That's harsh. Yeah. I, I don't... It could be accurate. And like, there's just somebody's feelings about it. Right. I mean, we haven't seen it, so we can't give you our opinions on it. I, I still want to watch it. I don't care how bad the reviews are. I still would like to watch it. And then they also said that ABC knew exactly how much you didn't care about the boring animated parts because on-screen text kept popping up to remind you how much time was left until another live performance was set to air. Ew. Yeah. In other words, these countdowns told you how many more minutes you could screw around on social media before something interesting happened. If anything, juxtaposing drawn-out film sequences against the dynamic stage production only emphasized how boggy the plotting of the original film appears three decades later. I disagree harshly with that last line. Yeah, I do too with that. And I really disagree with the fact that they put the countdown on the screen. I don't think that that is a good idea at all. No, I don't like that. But I don't like that this person writing the review seems to clearly not like the original movie either. Yes, they didn't even give the original one a chance. They said the live action... or the live performances, however, were so engaging, it's a shame most of the show was spent replaying animated film. I haven't even seen it yet, and I feel like that's true. Like, that is a shame. If, if Queen Latifah was so great, I would have loved to see her play out the parts and not just the songs, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She would have done great. She was fantastic in the one song that I saw. And it says, uh, performing on a proscenium outfitted with LED screens and a jutting curlicued platform, Many of the musical sequences buzzed with candy-colored vigor. This sh- the show's uh, production designers invented clever lighting, puppetry, costuming, and pyrotechnics to evoke uh, an, aqu- an aquatic landscape. In some sequences, brightly-hued jellyfish chandeliers wafted from the ceilings, and in others, in-person audience members flapped blue cloth to mimic ocean waves. Sweeping cameras captured actors, including... Um, that girl that played Ariel that I can't pronounce her name. Perf- yeah, Performing seamless Ariel, uh, and not Ariel as in her name, but Ariel is like flight acrobatics. Performing seamless Ariel motions to imitate how the body floats throughout water. In these moments, the stage pulsated. And then like clockwork, another lengthy return to the film would slash that valuable momentum. Watching the show became an inevitable sine wave of delight and boredom. That seems to be... A key in both these reviews, I guess, is that the going back to the animated film was kind of detrimental to the overall production. Yeah, I really think it's a bad idea that they did that. It says, uh, the best moment of the evening, however, was Latifah's performance on Ursula the Sea Witch's legendary um, number, Poor Unfortunate Souls. Uh, Ariel, on the other hand, was mostly lifeless. That's kind of sad. I hope that's not true. Says the mermaid's iconic upward surge out of the water looked like she just commanded into Cobra Pose by a by a martinet yoga instructor. I don't know what even that. I don't know what Cobra Pose is, but it, it sounds like they're. She did yoga. Uh, yeah. Um, it wraps up by saying live action remakes of Disney animations often end up as heavy handed as the makeup pancaked on the 19th century brothel worker. But the dyna- but the um, dynamics of the stage sequences here give me hope uh, for the upcoming full length theatrical The Little Mermaid starring um, Holly Bailey live uh may have been a wa- may have been a watery bummer but i still want to be part of that world so 
I think there's hope for it. I, I plan to watch it. I don't expect it to be phenomenal, but I think it'll be good. Right. I, I completely agree with that. But I, I, like you said, I still want to watch it. As bad as the reviews have been and as bad as we've heard about it, I still want to watch it. I still want to give it a chance. And so now it's time for the news. Among the news, the Walt Disney Archive is celebrating 50 years at the Bowers Museum. Um says that in order to celebrate this important moment, the Walt Disney Company has collected pieces from the archives to set up a historic a historical exhibit in its honor. The event will take place in the Bowers Museum located in Santa Ana, California. Guests will be invited to take a stroll down memory lane and view over 400 different objects. The exhibit will include original artwork, memorable costumes, and familiar props. Special items will be on display, like one-of-a-kind sketches from Fantasia and the Haunted Mansion attraction. Guests will also get an exclusive look at superhero costumes and other threads from characters you all know and love. Um, found that one on Chip and Co., so I was pretty pumped um, when I'd I saw like that. Go. I would love to go. That sounds fun. I think the one-of-a-kind sketches would be really, really cool to see. I'm going to... It doesn't... Uh, let's see here. Oh, it goes through... Um, starts on March 6th, is opening night. General public um, can access it starting March 7th, continuing through August 30th of 2021. So you got plenty of time to get out there and check it out. Uh, I think maybe we can try to do that um, while we're out that way. That'd be cool. Something else we got is that um, you can now plan your next holiday party at Downtown Disney. Um, and just to clear that up, Downtown Disney is um, Disneyland California's version of Disney Springs. They still call it Downtown Disney there. Um, and you can plan like a holiday family dinner at locations such as uh, Tortilla Joe's, uh, the Naples Restaurant, um, Cattell Restaurant. Uh, Cattell's cool. I like the outdoor bar. I've never eaten inside of there yet. But oh, is that the Uva Bar? Yeah, yeah the, I love Uva the Uva bar, bar and Cafe. Sorry. So Cattell's their indoor version. Uh, the Uva Bar is right outside, and it's wonderful. Um, it's a really cool location because it's right in the middle of, of it all. Yeah, so they're offering you these locations where you can plan for um, some of the places up to 35 guests. Um, you, they have specialty hors d'oeuvres, cocktails, dishes that you can order for it. So that's something to look into if you're, you know, in the um, Disneyland area and you want to celebrate the holidays there with your family. Um, other things going on is that the first reviews for Frozen 2 are in, and they're saying that it's even better than the original. I really, really hope so. I'm really nervous for it. So one of the people, and I don't know who this is, um, tweeted, uh, Sky Skyler Schuler said, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Frozen 2 is better than its predecessor. Darker, a little more mature but still an excellent film for families. The songs, believe it or not, are catchier. So parents, beware, see this movie. Oh my God, I all the little girls singing Let It Go and now this is catchier. Well, I heard that, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Fall Out Boy or somebody might be making songs for Frozen 2. Oh, so it, like we got actual, not that Disney doesn't hire actual songwriters though, you know what I mean? Fall Out Boy and them don't, well, I can't speak. It might for not them be. directly, but it's a lot of these artists have help from professionals. Like one of those two, but they're going to be on there. Uh, 
Ben Meckler tweeted, Hashtag Frozen 2 is the rare sequel that surpasses the original. The scope is twice as staggering, the action twice as thrilling, the auto-cannibalism sequences twice as harrowing, the songs twice as catchy. Didn't think I needed a sequel to Frozen, but turns out I was very, very wrong. I really hope these people are right because I'm pretty excited for this and this is making me even more excited. Yeah, if they get me all taught up over this and then it, it isn't as good, I'm going to cry, but it looks even better. Um, the next person, uh, Alicia Grouso, I think is how you say that, says, Frozen 2 is breathtakingly beautiful and leans in on empowerment for its characters. I cried at least three times from the story to the last thread on Elsa's dress. The care and love put into it shows. And good news, every one of Team Elsa gets at least one solo this time around. Well, great. Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> Lots of tears. Uh, we'll give you two more tweets here. Um, Drew Taylor on Twitter said, and a lot of these are official Twitter accounts, so these are just people I don't know that are somehow celebrities. Um, loved Frozen 2. It's a darker, more complex, and more emotionally mature story. Continuing everything you love about the first movie and upping the ante while maintaining the intimacy of the original movie. Gorgeous animation, wonderful new characters, and finally, a Kristoff song. People are going to be <laughs> pumped about that. Yeah. Um, and then Mike Ryan says on Twitter, I really, really liked Frozen 2, a movie that doesn't even try to have a traditional villain, but instead explores the fears of people, groups you haven't met yet. And what, and what happens when you learn your own tragic truth? That's pretty cool. That they don't, like, have a traditional villain like every other, like, Disney movie or anything like that. Um, that. That they just, like, play off normal fears. Yeah, that sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. Um, that there, It sounds a lot deeper, and that's awesome. Like, I'm pumped about it. Um, in other news, though, uh, right now there's a bunch of special... Um, photo ops available during Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. I love the photo ops. I love all the options of every single photo op they ever have. Yes. Like they're so fun. And if you're, you know, if you're going to be there for one of the one of the parties, be sure to do some research. Find out where these photo pass spots are. Maybe ask the people, which we do a lot when we go there. Say, hey, do you have any of the uh, magic photo ops or whatever you would call them. We ask a lot of questions. Yeah, and um, usually they, they hook you up. A lot of people will be like, yeah, I got something, and you might end up with the Tinkerbell one quite a few times. But And some of them are you know, in specific areas. So it looks like they have one with the children can sit on Santa's lap. Um, I want to do that one. They have one where uh, you can hold a sign that says... Um, the most merriest mickey's most merriest celebration uh, okay and then one where you hold a lantern with a silhouette of tinkerbell in the middle of it um zero. that one looks like a zero one yeah i think there's one with it's a video here i believe it's one that will have zero in front of the haunted mansion um yep he comes up out of a gravestone that is the cutest thing ever i love that <laughs> um there's a lot of them i guess uh Another one where you hold a sign that says uh, Mickey's uh, Very Merry, Very Christmas, Merry Party. Christmas Party 2019. Uh, one's in front of the lit up frozen castle. I think this hat, and I could be wrong. I think that hat CGI'd hat, on or yeah, something. I think it, so. it looks like some crazy elf hat. elf hat with a Mickey sign on it that's uh, CGI'd on magic piece. 
Um, a family standing here in front of the castle with snow falling, and then oh, these and yeah, marching nutcrackers come in and, and walk up the side. You can still see your family in the center. That's really cool. Um, the one with the giant um, Christmas ornament. That one's like an actual real Christmas ornament, like yeah. a big one. Yeah, uh, candy cane that you can hold up, which I don't, that one's CGI though. It looks like they have you just put your hands up. And oh, then... I like this one too, where all the lights, um, either like around or on a Christmas tree or something that's behind you, when they take the picture, all the lights turn into like Mickey heads. Yeah, they, they have one where all the lights around you turn into Mickey heads. I mean, this just looks phenomenal. I think this is usually this is more than like the one year that we were there. No, they've definitely expanded on this a lot. Uh, so if you're if you're going to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, do a little research, find out what's available as far as these magic shots, and take advantage of them because they're going to be awesome. They make for great memories. Also, look into if you're going getting some of our favorite things. Oh, uh, these new popcorn buckets are phenomenal. They've got one with Mickey as, like, an elf. Yeah, he is, like, super, super good. I believe that we have the one of him as Santa, and I could be wrong about that. Uh, well, considering Abby started decorating for Christmas already, <laughs> we're bound to find it sooner than later. <laughs> They've got one that's a Christmas tree and Mickey carrying a present around it. Yeah, that one's super cute, too. I love that one. It's got, like, lights and garland on it. It, it almost looks like those like ceramic trees that we have. It does, because it's got that cool little star on the top that looks like the ones on the ceramics. And the garland almost looks like, and I could be wrong, you might want to zoom in on that, but it almost looks like the garland is popcorn. I think you're right. It looks like the garland is supposed to be popcorn. Which is super cute because it's a popcorn bucket. And then I believe there's two of them for, that are the aliens from Toy Story. Yeah, I think one is an elf, and I'm not really sure what the other one is. I haven't seen it yet. But then there's the sipper, too. That is that bell ornament type thing. It's like a Mickey head, but it's a bell. So it jingles and it changes colors. Oh, that's neat. I haven't seen that one yet. We, we pulled up a couple of these to talk about. Um, we, we Maybe we should find some and we'll post them to the page so that everybody can see them. Uh, I'll make a, like an image compilation of them. Um, also in the news, though, is that as we mentioned earlier, Disney is moving uh, the adult-themed content uh, that they have from Fox, uh, from their buyout of Fox to Hulu. Um, so anybody that was worried that, you know, they're not going to be able to access Deadpool on Disney Plus, you'll be able to look for it on um, Hulu. On Hulu, um, Titles also such as um, Logan, Deadpool 2, um, Marvel's Hellstrom, uh, Marvel's Howard the Duck, um, stuff like that is... Uh, Nicole was asking me at work about Bob's Burgers, where it would go, and I'm like, I have no idea. I'm, I'm Maybe not, Hulu. I'm, I've never watched it. Neither have I, but they, they love it. So if you're more adult-themed content from Disney that you were worried about, it looks like they're moving it all over to Hulu, or at least most of it, I suppose. Um, so that should be exciting. So also, aside from the whole Disney Plus thing happening this week, um, Disney has three new specials coming to ABC. I really got to figure out the ABC situation because I thought, and maybe I'm confused, I thought ABC was ABC Family and it was rebranded to Freeform and we don't have it, but apparently there's still an, I, I don't know. I don't understand cable. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But it says uh, they've got three specials coming for the holiday season. 
uh, and they're all new, and it says, ABC officially kicks off the holidays with the wonderful world of Disney magical holiday celebration, Thursday, November 28th, 8 to 10 p.m. EST on ABC, followed by Disney or Disney Channel Holiday Party at Walt Disney World, premiering Friday, December 13th, 8 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Disney Channel and in the Disney Now app as part of the annual tradition the Disney Parks Magical Christmas Day Parade airs Christmas morning, Wednesday, December 25th, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time um, on ABC and on the ABC app. So it's not all on ABC. That Disney Channel holiday party at Walt Disney World is going to be on the Disney Channel and on the Disney Now app. But uh, we haven't really gotten around to watching these. No, but I would like to watch them. I know that whenever I was younger, I used to watch this every single year, um, and it was just Disney decorating for Christmas. And it, it was the same thing every single year, but I love to watch it every single year and watch them do that uh, gingerbread house in the Grand Floridian. And it would show them, and obviously, like, fast forward, them decorating that. But it was, like, my favorite thing to watch during the Christmas time. And our final piece of news, I guess, is that there is now an, um, a new exhibit at the Morocco Pavilion in Epcot. Um, it's at the Gallery of it's the Gallery of Arts and History in the Morocco Morocco Pavilion in Epcot. Just reopened with an exhibit um, titled "Race Against the Sun: Ancient Techniques to Modern Competition." And according to this article on Chip & Co, it says that this exhibit showcases two incredible modern-day competitions, Marathon uh, Disables, and it's that which means Marathon of the Sands, and this one I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, that means Rally of the Gazelles. Um, and it showcases the rich history of the ancient inhabitants of the Sahara, uh, the, Bar- the Berbers. That's pretty neat. Yeah, it, it sounds cool. Honestly, we haven't gotten around to watching a lot of these things that they offer in Epcot, I guess. You know, because they have, like, the shows at, like, the Canada Pavilion and all sorts of stuff. And we've only done... I've done the Canada one. That I, one's pretty cool. That's the one we did last time, wasn't it? Yeah, we've done that. I've done that twice now. But, but that I, one's really neat. And there's one in China, right? Like, there's mm, yeah, shows and... there's something There's historical content in a lot of these places that we just usually drink or eat around the world right <laughs> the canada one's cool though because it's like that uh like 360 like theater yeah i like that that's super neat um i'd like to explore more of it i just gotta pull myself away from the normal epcot activities which to is hard expand out yeah we get in a routine it's hard to get out of so um you got anything else abby no i think that's everything all right, well, that's it. We're wrapping up our one-star episode. We hope you guys enjoy it and give it more than one star. Um, if you so wish to give it one star, then I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it. Sorry if you found this, um, you know, a little bit insensitive. But like I said, we're trying to make light of, you know, a bad scenario. Not that it's, you know, one-star review is not the end of the world, but it's a small podcast, and that was the first on Apple Podcasts, at least, that was the first review that was under five stars. So um, we had to sort of, I guess, make light of it and celebrate this occasion. Um, so thanks for joining us. For anybody that would like to get further involved with the podcast, you can join the Facebook family by searching for Started With A Mouse Podcast on Facebook or find us on Instagram at Started With A Mouse underscore podcast 
Or if you want to get in touch through email, you can do so by contacting Started with a Mouse Podcast at gmail.com. And please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud, even if it's one star. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we hope to bring a little bit of Disney magic into your everyday lives.